Steve Pine used to spend his summers fighting wildfires. I did. I did it for 15 summers when I was uh, when I was young, and then I wrote fire plans for three years, uh, two at Rocky Mountain National Park and one at Yellowstone. So when he sees images like the ones coming out of Paradise, California this past week, cars rocketing through walls of fire, charred remains of houses and wildlife, he doesn't so much see the fire as feel it. And when you're in and around a fire, all of your senses become overloaded. You can't hear anything more. You can't see anything. All you feel is heat. The classic phrase, actually, from the early 20th century was that it was like a thousand trains rushing over a thousand steel trestles. It's not an environment for making rational decisions. Drivers on their way through the Sierra Nevada foothills used to pass this sign that read, may you find the town of paradise to be all its name implies. Now, paradise is gone. That sign is burned down. Dozens of people have died, many while trying to escape the flames making this fire California's deadliest. And Steve has this very particular perspective on what's happening here. You don't assume that this is something that will happen in in California. But it does. I mean, it's repeatedly. He's written the story of fire in America going back decades. I can go back 100 years, and we've got this story of, of these kinds of fires burning, and many of them are in the same, the same places. I mean, they're, they're, they're the equivalent of fire floodplains, and we, they're mapped. We know that. So now that we're paying attention to this destruction in California, Steve feels sad. He feels shocked. But mostly, he feels frustrated. This is not new. We just saw it last fall. I'm not being snarky here. It's just, you know, how many times do we have to go through this? This is like watching... I've, I've come to think of these burning, these mass burnings as the, as the counterpart to mass shootings. I mean, at some point, yeah, where's the tipping point? Well, we thought the tipping point was, you know, 20 years ago, 10 years ago, last year. What finally does it take? I'm Mary Harris. It is Tuesday, November 13th. Today, what next for California? What will it take to change this state's relationship with fire? Every year the fires come. Over the last few years, they've gotten worse. This year, they've been especially deadly. Steve Pine says it doesn't have to be this way. Stay with us. This episode is brought to you by Discover. When it comes to your finances, Discover wants you to know they are the credit card that is always there for you. With 24-7 U.S.-based live customer service, everyone has the option to talk to a real person anytime, day or night. Yep, that means no more waiting for, quote, normal business hours just to get a hold of someone. We are talking real service from real people whenever you need it. Get the customer service you deserve with Discover. Limitations apply. See terms at discover.com slash credit card. When Steve Pine stopped fighting fires, he began writing about them. In fact, he's written 25 books about wildfire. These days, he teaches at Arizona State University. You're actually born in California. My parents are Californians. (laughs) I have a lot of ties to California, but California California is really a unique presence in the American fire scene. California has always had big fires. It's built to burn. If humans left California tonight, California would still have large fires, and some of them would burn to the Pacific. And that's just the reality of, of that physical geography. 
and I really want California to step up and have a serious discussion and not just invest in more engines and air tankers, but really think about reforming how you live on the land. Because if California can move, the rest of the West will follow. News coverage this week has focused on two California wildfires, the Woolsey Fire in Malibu and the Camp Fire, that one that destroyed the small town of Paradise. But right now, the California Department of Forestry and Fire Protection is actually tracking 18 actively burning fires. So one of my first questions for Steve was, why do we only hear about a few distinct fires each year? Well, you hear about fires because there has to be some cultural connection. I mean, I think there there was a fire earlier this year, early in the spring, that burned over 400,000 acres in northern Nevada. And I don't think anybody knew about it because uh, because it didn't connect with the culture in ways that people understand. California gets a lot of attention. You know, it has monumental fires. They hit areas that are a media-saturated environment. They get covered. They often involve celebrities. Again, I don't wish to sound cynical or flip here, but if you really want to know what gets covered, what gets media or political attention, in a fire you have to burn up a bunch of houses, kill people, or involve celebrities. Hmm. I mean, you've said even calling these natural disasters or battles, like even the language we use around fire is misleading. Why? Well, we have basically two templates for dealing, reporting on fires. And one is disaster. And there are plenty of fires that are disasters. You know, fires through cities, fires burning through communities, uh, these are these are disasters by any any imaginable definition. We also have the second template is the the firefight as battlefield, and we've got all these uniformed people. We've got uh, you know air support. We've got our engines, our armored. Uh, you know, it's presented as war over and over again. And those two, there are times and places where those are adequate, but. Those are the only ones we have. We don't have narratives for all the other things fire does. We don't have a narrative for how 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 to get outside of those two narratives. Yeah, I mean, I guess I wonder what, what narrative would you replace it with? Well, that's been the struggle. I mean, I've been trying for years to find something of equal power, and it, it's hard to find. I think we can do it. It's a, it's a story. It, it's a story of, of restoration. It's a story of, of coming to a kind of new restore point, if you will, in how we live on the land. We simply can't continue to disperse our settlements in the way we are, build our houses the way we want and out of the materials we want. Uh, We can't assume that firefighters and equipment are going to be able to uh, protect us during these kinds of um, explosive events. I mean, California has more firepower than most countries, probably has more firepower than Europe. You mean firepower to fight fire? Fight fires with CAL FIRE, the Department of the Interior, uh, Bureau of Land Management, uh, the Forest Service, even counties. L.A. County has over a billion-dollar budget for fire. Orange County, Ventura County, a number of these counties run their own sort of in parallel to, to CAL FIRE. This is an enormous amount of resources. I mean, there's nothing like this in the world, and yet they're hit, being hit with these fires. So the idea that we can just continue to build up and replay that and have a different outcome doesn't make sense. So it's not that we're not fighting hard enough against the fires. It's that we're not fighting the right way. I mean, you, right. you've 
you've been an advocate for good fires. What does that mean? Good fires are fires that that um, promote the ecological integrity of the landscape, that help to work against uh, bad fires. Uh, bad fires are fires that you know destroy property, houses, kill people, are of a character that is outside the evolutionary adaptions of this system. So they really damage it. Good fires actually help to promote it. They're accepted. They're they're needed. Um, and they can, in a sense, we can replace a lot of bad fires with good fires. Good fires clear out brush that otherwise might stay too long and be even more flammable? They could be more flammable. They could produce fires that uh, really that ecosystem is not adapted to. It's not that something is adapted to fire or not. They're adapted to particular patterns of fire. And if the vegetation changes or we intervene, introduce stuff, then that pattern of fire may change. And it's no longer that ecosystem, the landscape is no longer adapted to it. So that becomes a bad fire. So that requires a judgment, good and bad. Isn't that a human judgment? Yeah, you bet it is. And that's sort of our task. I mean, you've said other states are better at using good fire to prevent the kinds of fires we're seeing in California right now. Why has California been so resistant? That is a great question. And in some ways, it's a fun, it's one of the fundamental questions. Uh, a state like Florida burns about two and a half million acres a year under prescribed fire. They'd like to burn more. But they burn an enormous amount. They've even written liability law to give um, that kind of burning a, a preference. So they biased it the other way. And any fire story you start in Florida, which does a lot of firefighting, by the way, sooner or later ends, ends in prescribed fire. But California, no matter how much people want to do it, or wherever you start the story, it seems to end in suppression. And part of that is is just the pressures of development uh, and the human presence, the scale of the human presence in California. And Californians are talking, you know, we need a lot more affordable housing. We need to convert a lot. Well, that's all going to translate. How are, how are you going to do that? How are you going to do that in a way that is not going to collide with fire? Because even, even how we get our power, I mean, it looks like the campfire may have been started by another power line failure, which is what started all the fires last fall in Northern California. It's a really insidious thing because the power lines fail when you've got these ferocious winds. That's exactly the worst time to start a fire. So it's really kind of evil cunning at work here to create fires under the worst possible conditions. But that's something that's fixable. That's a technical issue. Yeah, but you're really highlighting these structural issues from how our power lines are laid to how our homes are built to how we feel about fire and whether it's good or bad that get in the way of preventing tragedies like what we're seeing in California right now. Well, I think these are, see, uh, fire is very complicated. It's not so complicated that we can't deal with it. Some of these issues have technical solutions. We know how to keep houses from burning. It may be costly. It may take a lot of social capital, but we know we've learned how to keep houses from burning. We can fix the electrical grid system in ways that we, we're not going to get hammered by large fires. That's, that's another big effort, but it's a technical effort. And I would argue that fire is not a solvable problem in the way we would like to think about it. We're always going to have to be living with fire. 
and fire is going to be changing as conditions around it change. So I take that actually as, as a hopeful news because it means there are many points of intervention possible, and there's not one big thing we have to solve. Yes, climate change is a huge issue. For me, climate change is also a part of the larger fire story. I mean, it used to be we thought of fire as a subset of climate history, but now climate history is becoming a subset of fire history. You know, climate's acting, as I see it, as a performance enhancer. It's acting on stuff that's already out there. But uh, there are lots of things, lots of small things we can do. I want to go back to Paradise because earlier today I was listening to a show and I heard one of the town council members talking. And she was speaking so strongly about wanting to rebuild the town and going back in and we're going to be better than ever and stronger than ever. And I guess I wonder when you hear things like that, what do you think? Well, I applaud them. You know, let's let's get back on the horse. We were thrown off. We had a disaster. Let's let's fix it. Let's rebuild. But uh, if you're going to do that, you need to rebuild to the new conditions. And that's going to be tricky because I suspect very few people are insured for the cost of rebuilding at today's cost or with the kinds of standards that would be needed. Well, so now what does a town like Paradise have to do? Well, I think they have to accept that this they, they live in a, a flume, and these winds are going to blow down uh, that valley, and it's going to rebuild. I mean, one reason it moves so fast is because it's, a lot of it's burning through grass and fine stuff. You're going to have to rethink, you know, what, what kind of, how do you, how do you organize the houses on the land? Well, that's going to depend on land ownership. I mean, there are all kinds of things. This is not easily, it's not easily rebuilt. We can't just wipe the slate and start over on first principles. But what kinds of house, housing, what kind of construction, uh, what kind of road system? You probably want a couple roads in and out. And who pays for it? And, you know, they're not going to be able to do it on their own. We'd like them to rebuild. I would support them rebuilding. But if we rebuild the same way, then at some time in the future, it's going to happen again. You know, listening to you talk, I'm sure some people who are in California might say, he sounds flip. And I could hear you saying that yourself, you know, as you were saying this. How would you respond to that? I don't know. I have spent I have spent over 50 years in fire on the ground or studying it around the world. And if I don't sound as shocked as I should be, it's because I've read too many accounts. I've seen this story told over and over again and it doesn't make it go away. I'm not numb to it. I've devoted my life to studying this issue and trying to make sense out of it. But I'm also reached the point, I don't have new ways to talk about it. Yeah, I mean, the way you describe our relationship with fire, it sounds like, it sounds like we need to work on it like a marriage or something, because we know that fire will always be there and that we're intertwined. And that just means solving this problem is way more complicated. I'm not sure I would call it a marriage. It's, it's certainly been an alliance. We have a relationship with fire. It's not just a tool, and it's not just a, a, a natural process that at times may threaten us. Who we are, even our founding myths as a species, all go back to our special relationship to fire. And it is a relationship, and it has to be nurtured and treated in that way. 
so again, it's my sense that we don't quote fix the problem. It's not a technical thing. Oh, we'll we'll change the wiring here, and then this problem will go away. We're always going to be dealing with fire. Steve Pine, I just want to thank you for talking to me about all this. You're very welcome. Steve Pine teaches at Arizona State University. ASU is a partner with Slate and New America in our Future Tense project. If you're wondering how to help the victims of all of California's wildfires, we have some ideas for you. If you go to our show notes, we will leave them there. That's the show. And listeners, in this, our last week before we take a teeny tiny break, I got one request for you. Go to Apple Podcasts and write us a review. It's going to help other folks find us, and it's also going to help make the show better. After Friday, we are going to take a little break and retool so we can come back better than ever after the holidays. So get that feedback in now. What Next is hosted by me, Mary Harris, and produced by Mary Wilson and Jason DeLeon. Our engineer is Terrence Bernardo. Talk to you tomorrow. For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile, and the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time, there's Granger, offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done.